Hey everyone, it's Charlie. The mission of Softball Nation podcast is to find and share the life lessons in the game we love. In the wake of recent events, there are certainly a lot of life lessons in front of us. Courtney, a friend and former teammate of mine, and I had an honest conversation about how racism shows up in everyday life and ways to educate ourselves going forward so more people in our community can take action. In this first part, Courtney shares the ongoing conversations she's been having with her family. You know, Courtney, with all this going on, I'm sure that it's caused a lot of anxiety and fear. What conversations are you having with your family right now about the current events? So this is, uh, you know, a a popular topic in in my family. Well, this has honestly been a long-term conversation. Like, this is, it's always been, oh, another person was found in the streets, killed. So here's what... Kendall and Courtney, this is what you need to do to protect yourselves. And you can't be, you know, you can't be loosey-goosey. You can't be, you know, having a good time because, you know, when the group gets in trouble, then you're in trouble. So say I was hanging out with some friends and, you know, having a good time, whatever. And then something goes down and the cops show up. They're not going to look at all my white friends and point fingers at them and take them into questioning. They're going to look at me because I stand out more the color of my skin. And it doesn't give us the benefit of the doubt like other people would. So it's definitely knowing who you surround yourself with and being conscious of um, the situation in your environment and knowing um, how to protect yourself. And even if that means that I can't have as much fun as Susie and Sally would, it, it's going to bring me home. Um, at the end of the day. When Courtney told me the story, I thought about the lack of what-if scenarios that run through my head and all that I take for granted when being out with others. Next, Courtney shares a really interesting softball story about how she was affected by somebody's unconscious bias. Back when I was in 14U, I was um, on one team and he also had an 18U team. All his girls on his 18U team, they were pretty much committed. So I'm sure he was pairing us up to, you know, these are my college level players and you know, I want them to help develop my 14U players. And so he had one black girl on his 18U team and I was kind of, I was one of two black girls on his 14U team and we were matched up together. And I was like, um, okay, this is nice. And, you know, she was a nice girl. She was. And she was going to grade school. But um, I was like, okay, did he match me up? Because what he thinks that we look the same. And, you know, does he think that our relationship would be stronger because we look more alike than I would look like? Or I, we look more um, similar to compared to the, uh, the other girls on his team. It was kind of... You know, I don't know. It was kind of that underlying factor where I was like, "Um, oh, this is great, but why did you do this? People, they can be, you know, back to the quote unquote not racist and they can be doing all this stuff. But you also have to look at like your subconscious bias against people like um, the stereotypes that you may not know are stereotypes or you may not even think twice about saying, like, how does that, you know, how how does what I'm saying also contribute to 
how this person and how they're receiving things and the environment that I'm creating for them. If you're not facing um, straight up racism, you're definitely put into a bunch of situations where it's just awkward and you question, you know, what everybody's intentions are. And, you know, it's weird because you, you would come into this environment and expect to be accepted and, you know, just taken in and be able to build a family. But those underlying factors start to come into play and, you know, you just start to question everything. And it's kind of, for me, it's kind of been this cycle where at the end of the day, I do look different and I understand that, but do they respect that I look different? What are some things that, you know, maybe a white person might be oblivious to in this whole thing that, you know, you would want them to be aware of? So racism and social injustice and inequality, it, it hasn't been going on for a couple months or a couple of years. It's been going on for centuries and generations of people that, you know, just look different from, say, the quote-unquote average family. But it's important to change the picture of what the average family looks like. This is not just a one-time thing. This is not just something trending on Twitter. This is a real movement. This is just like the civil rights movement where people are getting together because they see this problem and they're sick and tired of it. You know, it's just um, how we get people together and how do we educate people and how do we change the way the system is working. Being able to say, oh, I'm not racist. Like, I can be, I'm not racist. Yeah, I'm Black, so I'm not racist. But no, it's not what you say or how you put a label on yourself. It's what you do to call yourself not racist. So it's actions rather than a title. So, you know, the first thing that I suggest people to do to, you know, become not racist instead of saying they're not racist is by educating yourselves. There's a bunch of history in the United States and around the world about how um, racism came to be and how skin color started justifying status and whatnot. So educate yourself and the people around you. And, you know, you, you got to have those hard conversations at, at the dinner table. Those uncomfortable conversations bring a chance for you to learn and for others to learn. So by talking to your friends, your family, and by um, researching The more you're able to educate yourself, the more you'll have an understanding of what's going on and why people are frustrated. Next, I would look at yourself and how you stand in society and know your privilege. So know the impact that you have on, say, your tight net of friends or even just your, your widespread community in your neighborhood and whatnot. Know where you stand and how you differ from people. And if you feel as though you have a voice that's stronger than other people's, you need to advocate for the people who can't and bring light to something that you think is wrong. Next, I would start by by donating to all these different campaigns. Like There are petitions that you can sign and there are movements and organizations that you can donate to to spread awareness and help the cause. And then next, if you find yourself brave enough or you have time in your day, I would take action and go to a protest. It it doesn't even have to be in, you know, your major city. It can be literally on the block. Yesterday when I was coming from practice, I saw this guy who was holding up a Black Lives Matter and it was just at a, a stoplight. And 
it meant a lot to see that people in your community that live right next to you, that they support this movement and they know what's going on and they know what's wrong and they know what's right. Courtney provides such a wonderful set of steps that we can all be taking to let our actions speak, not our words. I'd love to hear some other actions from our listeners that we should be taking in our own softball community. I'm honored that Courtney is a friend and that she was so honest in sharing her perspective and stories. Thanks for listening.